Hello and welcome to the new episode of The Awakener. I was just in a discussion with leaders last week and we had a really deep conversation about communication and how miscommunicating is one of the biggest sources of conflicts in teams. Beginning with our own families and to as far as the biggest field of influence you are a part of as teachers of your classrooms, as leaders of your organization, as leaders leading nations, you cannot escape communication. Even if you are not reacting or responding, you're still communicating. In fact, silence is communication and it can be very deadly. Influence, which is our biggest currency as human beings, is born out of our fluency to create sentence structure, syntax, and tonalities that inspire, drive clarity, energize, connect the dots, and make meaning. Communication is so huge in terms of effect and possibilities, and it can create a lot of damage and brokenness if we are not careful. If you find yourself always apologizing for the way you communicate, like, sorry, I think I was misunderstood, then you are an accident in the universe. Communication must be intentional and, in fact, sometimes even rehearsed, even after you become an expert in this field. Today, I have selected a very important element in fostering strong communications, and I'd love to talk more about this. It's called points of view. How many points of view must we take into consideration in communicating? Have you ever faced a situation when you had to interact with someone you don't like, someone who annoys you, an irate customer, an upset teenage child, or a negative situation that persistently latches onto your memory, forever engraved like a really bad scar, and it just keeps popping up and haunting you and threatening your communication? Faced with these situations, it is almost impossible to look at the other person as a resource who can help you reach a desired state or solution because the emotion evoked by this anchor or memory is just way too negative and you are just totally focused on yourself. You're not even capable of seeing the other side. Here's the first rule in communication. Every behavior has a positive intent. You may not like the behavior or attitude of that person, hence it is clouding your ability to look past this and understand what the intention of the person is. But if you believe that every behavior has a positive intent, you will accept that at any given moment, a person reacts the way he or she knows best at the level of their consciousness or belief system or emotions. So, in a sense, and you will find this quite controversial, his conversation was perfect. Taking the presupposition that every behavior has a positive intent can help dissolve your negative reaction to an unwanted behavior. Everything that we do or decide at any given moment is the best we are capable of doing at that particular moment. We just lacked options, skills, energy, the right belief system, or the resources to express the intention in better and more positive ways. If we believe this, we have freed ourselves from a very heavy burden. The burden of being annoyed, the burden of bad energy, the heavy burden of having to judge people's ulterior motives behind their behavior. We no longer need to judge. We seek to understand. We postpone judgment, even insight. We don't have to agree, but we are understanding. And this state is very liberating. It bypasses our negative biases and gives us the chance 
for the other party to succeed or attempt to succeed at his level of communication at the skills and belief systems he is operating from. Even nuanced form of communication, complicated communication loops like negotiations, can end at a high level when both parties feel like they are both winning, when we take into consideration points of views. NLP is a powerful communication technique that begins with a set of belief systems about people and their interactions with each other that can benefit communications. A way to apply this belief that every person has a positive intention in their communication is to apply our understanding of points of view or perceptions. There are four perceptual positions or points of views in communications. Let's begin with person number one, yourself. As yourself, you are very much invested in the emotions and results of your communications. We call this state associated state. Now, there's another person. It's called person number two, and that is the other person. This is called the second position. Usually, we converse to convince the other person, give directions, or express our thoughts. If we take a different approach and look at person number two as the empathy position, we will do more to establish rapport, connection, or alignment. And this is a very hard position to take on because usually, we are stuck with person number one or ourselves. Hence, we are also more empowered when we are trained to look at a third perspective. There is a neutral third position, and it is always a dissociated position, meaning a more objective position. Meaning, this person is not invested in the emotions you have or the person or person number two has. This is what I call as fly-on-the-wall point of view. A neutral person can be invited to join the conversation to provide you with expanded consciousness or mindfulness so you are able to see things from person number one and person number two with more resourcefulness. And take note, all these levels of communication, person number one, person number two, and person number three, they're all happening in our minds only. And this person number three can be a friend, a guide, a hero, a role model, a mentor, or famous person you admire who can give an objective advice or who you listen to. Now finally, there is person number four, and this is where the entire perceptual position gets interesting. Person number four is the collective or the team, the family, the organization, the country, and so on. And this is the team that persons number one and number two are part of and who are affected by your lack of alignment or solution. Now, I remember having to deal with strong disagreeing relationships in the management committee of a professional organization. And persons number one and number two were very associated or invested in their own points of views and emotions and refused to budge or listen. It was a great deadlock. And both parties have given up hope of a resolution. What they found really belief-breaking or mind-bending was when I introduced the person number four and asked them, how is your team being affected by your lack of harmony and congruence? And they both thought about it and they became quiet. And they said, mm, they're not so happy. I think they're feeling confused. I think it's getting a little bit blurry in terms of execution. I went on to advise them 
that when these misaligned perceptions persist, the culture turns to politicking and posturing, and this is very dangerous. The relationships diminish into power and social networking to achieve changes that benefit individuals you need to influence. Organizational politics is a waste of time and energy. Energy you could better use to collaborate with each other to achieve the ambitions of the company. Hence, looking at situations from person number four is so important, especially when you are the leader of the team, needing to look at the big picture most of the time or the collective's point of view. The same goes for families. Couples who are fighting may not be able or may not be willing to resolve their issues because the emotions are running so high. But at what cost to other members of the family? To person number four or to the people number four? You'll most probably realize that stalemate is not worth the pain or chaos it is causing. Bottom line, our perceptions of situations and experiences are greatly influenced by the point of view or perspective from which we consider them. Points number one, two, three, and four. And the more you look at different points of view, the more your space enlarges, the more you become the bigger person. And this is so magical because our inner game affects our outer game. We are usually focused on the outer game and ignore how much our biases, maps, or emotions influence our outside game. But inner game is the difference that makes the biggest difference. A perceptual position is essentially a particular perspective or point of view from which one is perceiving a situation or relationship. The more perceptual positions you take, the better you become at processing the interaction, the more you achieve win-win results. In my next episode, I will continue talking about perceptual positions and give you examples as to how we can apply the behavioral flexibility of going from persons number one, number two, number three, or number four. In summary, communication, while it is nuanced and hence to those with very little stamina, a very tiring process, it is also very fulfilling. If we know how to move at different points of views at our brain's commands, we live in meaningful relationships and our communication reflects the value we place on these relationships. We know we are winning in our communication when people in persons number two, three, or four are nodding more, when positive emotions are pervasive, and when people are moving to a generative direction, which means the interaction is generating something or somewhere positive. So my friends, as we make it intentional to bring not just one, but four points of views in the communication loop, always remember that what matters most is making our communications count. Great communicators don't participate in zero-sum communication. They like making the pie bigger. And scarcity doesn't register. So we make the pie bigger. I'll see you again in the next episode of The Awakener, where we will talk more about examples of this kind of behavior flexibility in communication. And always remember, without change, something sleeps inside of us and seldom awakens. The sleeper must awaken. Stay awake every day. See you 